The Secret World Chronicle, a podcast novel series created by Mercedes Lackey and Steve Libby. Introducing Book Three, World Well Lost, Thunder Road, written by Mercedes Lackey and Cody Martin, read by Veronica Jagger. John had been called into the commissar's office earlier than usual. On most days, it took Natalia until after lunch. Did she eat? He wasn't convinced that she even slept. To call him in to review whatever policy transgressions he'd committed during his patrol earlier in the week. All usually minor, and all certainly written off. But it was important that he still be called to task to answer and maintain the standard that the commissar had set. She often wrote it off, sans the souvenir busts of Lee and his generals taking flight, as a product of his American individualism clashing with the Bolshoi efficiency of her Russian command structure. He'd become used to it, finally, after butting heads with the commissar subtly. Resigned to his fate of being lectured sternly on regulations and standards for a spell, John knocked on the office door. In! Savior bellowed. Dave, dave, comrade Murdoch, you are holding up both. How the hell did she know it was him? John opened the door and strode in, and saluted after coming to attention. Comrade Murdoch, reporting as ordered, Commissar. She didn't deign to raise from her chair, but she did look up from her computer monitor, casually saluting him. Naj Sorceress is being on bottle cap, she said with satisfaction. She took a box from a pile on her desk and shoved it across to him after checking the name. Daughter of Rasputin is computer wizard. Com is tracking all comrades in HQ. Very efficient. She is to be your overwatch whenever not on patrol. Da? You are to be receiving assignments once acclimation has been accomplished. She put her hand up to her ear and adjusted something there, then stood up. Sorceress has blue devushka, convinced, and we gave this system trial myself. Untermensch and Blue Girl. Most satisfactory. Now, all comrades will be on Overwatch for special assignments. As John snapped to attention, she reached over the desk and ripped out a slender tuft of his hair. You are giving sample for magics voluntarily, da? Jesus, shit! Ugh. I mean, yes. Yes, I do, Commissar. John had enough discipline not to reach up and rub his scalp while at attention. Good. You are dismissed. Be taking package and becoming briefed on system. She sat back down, put the hair in a labeled plastic bag, and tossed it in another box. There were about a dozen more in there like it. It wasn't a large package, but then, if this was spyware electronics, it wouldn't be. He headed to the locker room, opting to change out of his issue coveralls for his patrol uniform so that he could get to work. He set the box on the bench in front of his locker and began to strip out of the jumpsuit. His comm buzzed. He keyed it, pulling up his fatigue pants. This is Murdoch. Go. Nice ass. Open the box, comrade Amerikansky. John hesitated for a moment, looking around. Who is this? He bent to flip open the cardboard top of the box, revealing several manila envelopes. 
The box is open. Who is this, and how are you on this frequency? Put on the earpiece, please. Nice packs, too. Too weird. John opened and shook out the contents of the first envelope. A small, clear earpiece like you saw Secret Service and spies use, minus the cord that hooked behind the ear. He wiggled the earpiece into position. Now what? And you still haven't answered my questions. Welcome to CCCP Overwatch, Comrade Murdoch. I'm Vicky. The voice came from the earpiece, not his comm unit, which went LOS. Victrex. The sorceress, right? One and the same. You have in your ear a nice little item of Echo Tact, which Echo does not know you have, and which, for the moment, we will not let Echo know you have. Runs on kinetic and heat energy from your body, and a much more secure signal than your comm. Alright. That follows so far. He shrugged on the rest of his uniform, strapping the bullet-resistant vest last. Attaching the comm unit to his belt and snugging up his boots, he was completely ready now. So, this is the part where you lead me through all what this junk that the commissar gave me does, right? Actually, the stuff is pretty much plug and play. I'm not Q. You're smarter than James Bond, and what I need to demonstrate is what I can do for you so that you aren't tempted to ditch the stuff on the first job. So, call it a hands-on demonstration. He nodded, patting his sidearm in its holster. Walk me through as we go. I'm on patrol. He strolled out of the locker room and towards the garage. There, he signed out one of the Urals, minus the sidecar. Bear and Georgie were busy arguing in Russian, buried elbow-deep in the engine of one of the CCCP's vans. The Earl came to life under him, and he eased it out of the garage and out into the shining sun. For starters, until I get your sample... I know where you are by a complicated triangulation system off the earpiece. Much more secure than the GPS, which I do not like for that reason. Tracers worth both ways, and only I and the programmer know about the system I'm using. It'll be even more secure when I have your sample. Okay. So you have my position locked in at all times, so long as I keep the earpiece. What's this about the sample? Is that what the commissar damn near took a chunk out of my scalp for? He couldn't help but notice the personality difference between this Vicky and the terrified, silent, white-faced thing in Savior's office. He liked this one better. This one had Moxie. He had to wonder just what it was that turned her into the rabbit when she was out with people. Whatever it was, it had to have been bad. When I get that, I can lock you by magic. No one can follow that protocol but me. No one can see where you are unless I send them the feed. Not even other witches and warlocks? Or goblins or fairies? Does the commissar really buy this magic crap? Warlock means oathbreaker, by the way. And no, it's secure and heavily shielded, plus encrypted. Now, since I know where you are, I can hack into the security cams, traffic cams, even some ATM cams in your area and tell you that 150 feet from you right now and closing, someone is going to blow through the intersection without stopping in a POS green Honda Accord. So you might want to slow down a touch or speed up. 
John, willing to indulge her for sake of an experiment, sped up. Just as he got to the intersection, a green blur accelerated at him at a close range on the right. Reflexively, he gave the Euro more gas, and the car narrowly missed his rear wheel. "'Dumb jackasses!' he shouted over his shoulder. "'Kids play in this neighborhood!' A collision while riding the motorcycle, even with his armor and helmet, would have ruined his day. Maybe ended it permanently. Something's hanky. He didn't even try to break. Let's get back to it. What's the rest of the stuff you gave me? Cams, mostly. Buttonhole, helmet, and one on a stick that I'm dubious about, but which Echo seems to use to poke around corners and in through holes. I suppose it could be useful in a rescue sitch. The rest is various dingus. She paused momentarily. Heads up. John's comm unit came to life. This is Gammon, HQ Control. Patrol Unit Troika, do you copy? He activated the comm, keeping a hand on the accelerator. This is Unit 3, um, Troika, heading south on Whistler and 5th. What you need, Control? Met the human break in last seen moving south on Whistler in vehicle. Control. Vehicle wouldn't happen to have been a green Honda Accord, would it? Gamma Yin paused, and John knew the CCCP metahuman was using her own powers to check. Da, affirmative. This is Unit Troika in pursuit of suspects. Feed me more information as you can, Control. John keyed off his comm, hitting the handbrake and sliding the bike to a stop. He gunned the engine, revving after the Honda. That goes for you too, Vic. Consider this your trial by fire. Use the new feed, Gamayan. Give it to me in Russian, I'll translate. Murdoch target is still on Whistler. Whistler intersects with a feeder road to the interstate in about half a mile, and it's a good bet he'll take it. You can take a shortcut. Next left, hundred feet, right, right. John cut onto the path that Vicky described, dodging what little debris there was left. What's the opposition like? There was some Russian. Gamayan says that we have six perps crammed into that can, all loaded with semi-autos. One is a meta, described at the scene as having put everyone to sleep. Damn it. All right, anything further? Running out of time before I come up on him. You're ahead of them. Next left puts you on the feeder in front of them. I'll see what I can do about the sleeper. Time till I intercept? Thirty seconds on my mark. A pause. Mark. She began counting down. John slowed the Earl a few miles per hour. He wanted to come out just behind them. Too soon, and they might decide just to make a grease spot of him with their car. This section coming up, what's the population life? Industrial. Shift change in one hour, more or less. More Russian. Gamian says there are some trucks, uh, three on the feeder road. Not many cams, so I can't see much. But you have high chain link fence and razor wire on both sides of the street most of the way to the interstate. Copy. I'm going to have to stop them before they get to that interstate. En route. John saw the intersection. His timing with Vicky's assistance was good. He got there less than a second after the green car went speeding fast. His tires skidded as he performed a suicide slide through the turn, speeding after them. One of the thugs must have been paying attention.
John saw a lot of activity in the car, what looked like waving and moving around excitedly. Two thugs leaned out of the windows, one on each side. Each of them was holding a gun. Shit! John swerved to his left just as gunfire stitched the pavement and the air where he had just been. Cut right. Side street parallels the feeder road. It's really an industrial alley. John forced the Ural to turn. A few of the rounds from the thugs found him, though. The Ural took the brunt of the assault, but John felt a sharp impact in his upper chest, and he blessed the uniform's bullet-resistant nano-weave. Okay, that's three metas in there. No way anyone can fire from a moving car with that kind of accuracy without being meta. You okay? He coughed hard. It hurt like hell, but he was too amped up on adrenaline to care too much at the moment. Fine. Patch me through to control. She already hears you. Shared freak. Roger. Control, this is Unit Troika. Got multiple suspects using deadly force and suspect vehicle. One confirmed metahuman, two potentials. Advise an ROE. The engine for the Ural was beginning to smoke. He knew that one of the rounds had pierced the gas tank, but luckily not low enough to be an immediate concern. He heard Vicky giving a rapid-fire translation into Russian. He heard Gamayan talking, then her voice stronger in halting English. Lethal force authorized. Commissar's orders. Sec, Vicky said. He heard mumbling. Lethal force authorized from APD and Echo. Clear to roll, Murdoch. One of the sleepers back at the scene isn't going to be waking up. Roger. John coaxed as much speed as he could from the damaged Ural. Something clanked hard, and an intense squealing, screeching noise came from the engine. Cut the shared freak with control, Vicky. I'm private. I'm out in front of the suspects, right? Roger, about 200 yards ahead. Any of these side streets brings you back to the theater. John hit the brakes, sliding to a stop before rocking back onto the main feeder again. He could see the car. They'd slowed down, thinking that John had been persuaded not to follow them anymore. Don't tell the commissar, but we're going to have to put in another form for a new Ural. John accelerated the protesting Ural, aiming straight for the green car. Yeah, I don't think that sound is anything good anyway. A pause. Shit. You're playing chicken. Ignoring the protest from both Vicky and the Ural, John continued straight ahead. The driver had recognized that it was John by this time, and sped up to the ratty car's top speed. Seconds from impact, John released the handlebars and kicked off the bike, sailing to the right. He curled up, protecting his head and sides with his arms as he crashed bodily into the chain-link fence. It acted as a sort of heavy-duty net, absorbing enough of his momentum before the pole snapped so that the impact only bruised him. Of course, if he'd been a regular human, it would have killed him anyway. The green car and the Ural, however, didn't fare as well. The driver didn't see what was happening until it was too late, with no time to swerve out of the way. The Ural slammed into the Honda, and what didn't end up halfway into the radiator rolled over the hood and into the windshield, and what was still left after that somersaulted over the top. The Honda tried to correct, taking it into a short spin. Now top-heavy from its motorcycle addition, it flipped, rolling, until it came to a sudden halt, slamming into an upthrust of dirt and asphalt that hadn't been there before. 
It struck John, whose head was just beginning to clear, that the pillar of earth looked strikingly like a middle finger. He dusted himself off, swayed for a moment, and then stalked towards the utterly stopped car. John wrenched a car door open single-handedly, almost tearing it off the frame. All of the men in the car were battered and bloody, and in no shape to put up a fight. I think that this is the part where you're all under arrest, and you owe me a new bike. John hauled each of them out of the car amidst groans and cries, secured them with zip ties, and sorted their weapons into a pile. Cut me back to control again, Vic. Roger. By the way, I can't usually do that on this kind of remote. But you're about six blocks from my place on a road I know. I'd be able to do some more of that sort of thing once I have your sample and if you're in ground contact. You're live. Go for report. He nodded, surveying the destruction. Control, this is Unit Troika. I need a bus for the injured and a pickup. All suspects apprehended. And uh, the commissar needs to buy a new bike. Murdoch out. John switched off his comm before Natalia, who was no doubt listening in, could offer her input. Vic? Roger, you're private, and Savior's having a cow. Consider yourself hired. She laughed. Like you had a choice? It's me or no field trips. John chuckled, wiping a trickle of blood that had come from a cut on his scalp. Time to look forward to more paperwork, excoriation, and the commissar asking for my head. Just another day on the beat. You've been listening to The Secret World Chronicle, written by authors Mercedes Lackey, Cody Martin, and Dennis Lee, read and produced by Veronica Jaguer, featuring music by Antarabay, investigating the Phantom Signal, courtesy of MusicAlley.com.